We continue with uh, Mishnah Yod Aleph and Parak Aleph. Ha'osa Sukaso Kaminsrif. So if one makes a uh, sukkah like a cone, uh, without an obvious roof, it's uh, made like a cone. Or takes a wall and leans it up, uh, uh, right up against the wall. Rabbi Elazar posel, There's no obvious roof. And as we've discussed before, and the roof, the schach, even though obviously here we're talking about where the walls are kosher lischach, because if not, it wouldn't even be a question. But, uh, but really the conversation is, is that this is uh, the schach. Um, and uh, the schach requires to have a roof, and here there is no roof. We've discussed before that a roof needs to be at least a tefach, at least one handbreadth, uh, in order to qualify as roof, and here there's none. It meets at, a, at an angle, it meets at a point, uh, and there is no defined uh, defined roof. And the chachamim say that, in fact, this is a kosher sukkah. Later on, the gemara uh, will go ahead and, and say that, no, it's really muchlefes hashita that, uh, that the Mishnah had transposed, who says good and who says uh, not good in this particular case, and that the rabbis, the Chachamim, say that this actually is not a kosher sukkah because it does not have a roof, and Rabbi Lazar says that it is a kosher sukkah even though it doesn't have a roof, uh, and uh, and that's what the Gemara says later on. And in fact, according to Rambam, we paskin like the Chachamim that this would not qualify as a roof, so uh, so don't build uh, conicular uh, sukkot, sukkahs. Okay, the, the Mishnah continues, Machatzelas konim gedola asa now it wants to talk about mats. I guess this has come back a little bit more in vogue uh, with the use of bamboo mats uh, in order to use a schach. So the question is, who cares if it's a mat? Where's the question? And many of us are aware that there is a tumult regarding mats, where they're made, how they're made, why they're made, whether in fact they can be used for schach or not. And this Mishnah is exactly the the uh, starting point for that conversation. Machatzelas konim gedolach. Also, if you have a mat that's made for lying on, it's, it's a resting mat, so it get, becomes disqualified from sukkah because it's considered a kli, it's considered a vessel, and therefore can be makabal, is susceptible to tuma, and therefore one cannot... Uh, Use as schach for your sukkah. However, if you make the mat specifically for schach, specifically to cover, you can use it for schach because it's not a kli. That's what it's used for. The enomikabelis tuma, and it in fact is not susceptible to tuma. Rabbi Lezer Omer, Rabbi Lezer adds an interesting nuance. Achas ketana v'achas gedola. Whether it's large or whether it's small, or exactly opposite, whether it's small or whether it's large, also l'shchiva, if it was made for lying on, then it would be a problem. It kabelis tuma, because it could be become, it is susceptible to tuma ve'en masachin ba, and one cannot use it for schach l'sikuch. However, however small or however large this mat is, l'sikuch, if it was made specifically for schach, masachin ba, ve'enam it kabelis tuma. You can, uh, use it for schach, and it, and it won't, uh, be susceptible to tuma, it won't, uh, uh, become disqualified. So here uh, is an interesting conversation. What exactly is being added by Rabbi Lezer in this specific case, whether it's large or whether it's small? I thought we already discussed that if it's made for uh, for uh, kli, so it's no good. If it isn't made for a kli, so it is good. So that's really what Rabbi Lezer holds. The, the difference between Rabbi Lezer and the, and the Mandomer prior to him is that uh, a stam mat, a regular mat, how can we determine whether this mat was made for this or made for that? 
So if it's a small mat, that would be the standard size for a sleeping mat. So therefore, one could assume that that would be uh, a problem. And a large mat, so nobody really sleeps on a, on a king-size sleeping mat because they don't make king-size sleeping mats. They make king-size covering mats. And a covering mat is not susceptible to tumor, so that would be the assumption. Rabbi Lazar says no. You can't assume based upon small or large, large or small. In fact, you have to go straight to the source and see what it was created for. Once you know what it was created for, then you'd be able to... Analyze kosher l'schach or not kosher l'schach. Again, going back to the principle of it is, if it is susceptible to tuma, it would be no good. Okay. That, uh, concludes the first parak of, uh, Mishnayos in Sukkah. We're gonna go onwards now with the second parak, parak bays, parak bet, Mishnah Chovaso. One who sleeps under a bed, in the sukkah, does not fulfill their obligations. So what obligations do we have in the sukkah? Teshu came to do, we're supposed to live in the sukkah, normally that's uh, attributed to uh, to sleeping, to eating, to drinking, are the mitzvos uh, in the sukkah. There's living in general, but that's sort of how we define uh, uh, living, perhaps not in that order. Maybe we would consider eating more important, but okay. Sleeping in the sukkah is certainly one of the mitzvos that are uh, required, encouraged, mandated upon us uh, with the sukkah. So what happens if we decide to go sleep under a bed? So what's the difference by sleeping under a bed? It must be a bed that's taller than 10 tfachim. If it's taller than 10 tfachim, as we discussed before, it sort of constitutes its own structure. So one who sleeps under a structure inside of a sukkah, they have not fulfilled their obligation of sleeping inside of a sukkah, even though they're physically inside the sukkah. It's almost like building your sukkah inside of a house. Uh, the sukkah is good, but at the end of the day, one can't fulfill their uh, obligation in that way. So Rabbi Yehuda disagrees and says, no, we used to sleep under uh, beds in the sukkah. We used to do that in front of Zikanim, in front of the wise men, the righteous men of the generation, if you will, and nobody actually uh, debated. Uh, nobody nobody told us anything. So therefore, we can assume the fact that we weren't reprimanded, we weren't told that what we were doing was wrong, uh, that it's not an issue and that it's okay. So what's the idea by Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda is saying that uh, that my sukkah, at least for those seven days, is really a a more permanent uh, location. My uh, my bed, by definition, is more temporal. It's more uh, more temporary. It can't really cr- create, says Rabbi Yehuda, a temporary dwelling, can't create a hefse, can't create a uh, challenge to my permanent dwelling. So therefore, Rabbi Yehuda says, that's why the Chacham didn't tell us anything. Amr Rabbi Shimon, the next uh, mandam, or the next uh, saying in the Mishnah says, Masah betavi, so the famous Tavi, uh, who was the Eved, who was the servant of Rabban Gamliel, so he used to sleep under a bed uh, inside the sukkah. Why? And in reference to that, Rabban Gamliel used to say to the Zikanim, perhaps the same Zikanim, but probably not, Tavi Avdi, have you seen or did you see Tavi, my servant? Shutalmud Chacham, he knows a tremendous manatar, Viodeya, and he knows Shavadim Paturim in Asukah. That Avadim are Pater from Asukah, because Avadim, similar to Nashim, are Pater from Mitzvah Saseh Shazman Grama, from a positive time bound Mitzvah, of which Sukkah is one of them. So therefore, Lefikach, therefore, Yashin Hutach Samita, says Rabbi Gamliel to the Zikanim, that's why he slept under the bed. Because, 
we, he slept on the bed because he was not obligated in the mitzvah of sukkah. So therefore, he slept under the bed in order that he, not in order, but he wasn't concerned about sleeping under the bed because he didn't have an obligation in uh, sleeping in the sukkah. So why did he sleep in the sukkah? So says some of the Mepharshim, he slept in the sukkah in order not to have missed out on the conversations in between Talmidei Chachamim that were going to occur in the sukkah. Meaning, Teshvu came to Doru, who's living in the sukkah at that point in time, Rabban Gamliel and all those Chaveirim, all of his uh, the, the, his students, his, his colleagues, his teachers were all in the sukkah because that's where you need to be over the course of sukkah. So Tavi, uh, so Tavi, the, the avid, the servant of Ramagamliel wanted to be there also. Uh, so perhaps one could even say, I haven't seen this anywhere, but one could maybe argue that, uh, that the sukkah was crowded. Uh, people were sleeping in the sukkah. So he slept under the bed because that was the one spot that was remaining in the sukkah that, uh, that, uh, everybody else who was in the sukkah couldn't fulfill their mitzvah of sukkah with uh, but it didn't bother him because he, in fact, was not obligated in the mitzvah of sukkah. Concludes the Mishnah. From the story of Rabbi Gamliel and the following uh, discourse or, or one-way conversation that he has with his cane, we see from here that somebody who sleeps under the bed uh, under a bed, uh, assuming that it's larger than 10 tfachim, one has to be careful sleeping under anything, but sleeping under a bed that's larger than 10 tfachim, uh, cannot fulfill their mitzvah of yashan, uh, of sleeping in, uh, in the, uh, sukkah.